Let's make a pact to sleep better and eat better together. Like a workout challenge, but like we're just staying alive. Yeah. A staying alive challenge. <laughs> yeah. Like a survival challenge, but in the modern modern age. Welcome to the Bears and Brews podcast, Microbrewin edition. I'm Salome. And I'm Pam. How's it going? <laughs> Hi. Why is that funny? I know, just the delay and then, then I'm Pam. Oh, yeah. Were you like tuned back in because you're like, oh, okay, he stopped talking. Yeah, I was fucking around on my phone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? What am I paying you for? No, just kidding. I'm, I'm not paying you. I was going to say, I'm getting paid. <laughs> Uh, yeah, welcome to this microbrew, and how's it going? It's good. How, how are you? Good. Do anything fun this week? Yeah. Uh, I just ate some pizza. Rescued That's some cats. That's all that I can think of. Um, yes, uh, my sister-in-law did, uh, and I was able to help her out, uh, mom and cat, and two little cute kittens um, that are getting some medication to clear up a uh, respiratory infection. Um but they're doing well, and they're they're tiny, fuzzy, cute little things. They look so cute in those pictures. They're adorable. They'll they'll be even. Um, I was gonna say even cuter when they're feeling better, but they'll just you know they'll look a lot happier soon when they're feeling a little less under the weather. Yeah, and they've put some weight on for sure. But they are very adorable. Uh, yeah. How about you? Awesome. Um. No, I haven't done anything fun this week. <laughs> I'm, yeah, no. I don't have anything cool to say. <laughs> You've been working hard. Working. Hanging out with the dogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, today we are going to talk about some tips for bear safety and preventing encounters slash conflicts. So what we're going to talk about are just kind of general guidelines for staying safe in bear country, regardless of the species of bear. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to go too deep into like bear behavior or physical encounters today, um, because we're going to have a full episode on bear attacks. So we'll kind of go more into that at that, at that point. So today, uh, these are just you know, just some good tips, uh, rules, overview of how to be smart when you're out in bear country so mm. that you don't become one of the people on our bear attack episode. It's good goal. Um, yeah. And some of these, you know, some of these guidelines are flexible. Some are absolutely not. There's a lot of things that factor into bear encounters and their outcomes. And I highly, we've talked about it before, but I highly recommend um, Stephen Herrero's book. It's called Bear Attacks, Their Causes and Avoidance. Um, it's, a, it's a deep dive into bear attacks across North America. And, you know, it, it really examines what what kind of spurred the attack um, and how we can keep ourselves safe and keep the bears safe, right? Mm -hmm. 
So, all right, let's jump right in. Nice. I'm excited. I don't know a lot about, I think we've discussed this before. I don't know that much about bear safety. So this is overdue for me. Oh, it's one of my, it's like when I, when people come up and I take them like to Yellowstone or the Tetons or whatever, it's like one of my favorite things to go over as we're driving. Like, Hey, let's talk about bear attacks. Yep. Well, not attacks, but like, by the way, we're, we're staying in a cabin, a remote cabin with no cell service. Uh, so the first bear attack that we're going to review today. Actually, actually, I did. When I bear sprayed our cabin, it was a remote cabin <laughs> with no cell service. So, yeah. Nice. Um, all right. So first and foremost, and this is kind of this is a good rule of thumb anytime you're going out adventuring, but know where you're going and when. So that, that might sound a little bit in, like weird, but research the area, research the wildlife and their seasonal trends, right? So, mm. you know, as yeah. they move around for food resources or mating or whatever, be aware of of what those conditions are going to be like. And one I, of the... So like you mentioned that, and I think of there are definitely some places you wouldn't want to go during like a mating season for certain animals, right? Absolutely. Uh, where they're like, you know, clashing horns or like, yeah, kind of getting in each other's faces. You don't want to be in the middle of that. For sure. For sure. And there's always videos of like bull elk attacking cars and shit like that. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, these are good. These are tips that are, you know, good for a lot of scenarios, not just for reducing bear conflicts right so you can mm -hmm. apply you can apply this information to a lot of different things um one of the best things you can do is stop at like the local ranger station or visitor center and find out about any recent sightings or encounters or closures uh, a lot of times especially in the national parks they will close certain areas or trails if there is like a carcass or something like that so that's you know Social media, all trails, backcountry reports, those can be helpful, but there's no substitute for information on the ground from the people there. So you just go in and say like, hey, I'm going to be here exploring like what what do I need to know as far as closures and animal sightings? hundred percent. Yep. You just, you can go okay. in there and talk to someone and they, I mean, it's their job. They love talking about that kind of stuff. And, um, most national parks will have like a backcountry report on the website and it'll give trail conditions for the different areas, um, where closures are and things like that. But again, you know, if something happens two hours before you get there, a ranger on the ground might know about it, but it might not be on the website yet. Right. So you can say, Hey, I'm gonna, you know, I have a backcountry permit for this trail or whatever, or we're going to do this long day hike here. Um, you know, is there anything going on on the trail? or in that area that we need to be aware of. And, you know, they'll be able to tell mm, you, oh, there's, sense. there's snow or there's a lot of downed trees or we close that because of a carcass, you know, anything like that. And pay attention to those closures. They are there for humans to not get in trouble, right? Because mm -hmm. the animals obviously don't follow them. They're just doing their thing. So the way that and this was totally worth it's a whole episode on its own of just like bear management in Yellowstone. But 
instead there was a time period where they were trying to control the bears and it wasn't working obviously so now we're controlling humans and that's kind of like the whole park service right like the animals are going to do this you know i mean that makes sense because like humans can read uh and write Mm -hmm. most of the time Mm -hmm. yeah and hopefully communicate pretty effectively yeah they just Uh, it's kind of hard to do that with bears yeah, I, I, you can't really send like a newsletter to like all the bears in the park. Right, bear park. Yeah, and this is kind of a side note, but tell someone where you're going and when to expect you back. Um, when I got stranded last summer, the story we told, even though I didn't own my inReach at the time, I had four different people who knew exactly where I was going and when to expect to hear from me, and several of them were willing to drive out and find me if they didn't hear from me. Mm-hmm. So um, like Aaron Ralston, the guy that the movie 127 Hours is based on, the one who got stuck in Canyonlands and had to saw his own arm off with his pocket knife. Yeah. He didn't tell anyone where he was going or for how long. So it can literally save your life if people know where to look and when. So next thing is make sure you're prepared. So Go back and listen to episode nine, the macro brewing about the 10 essentials, but not just that. Make sure you're equipped for the specific area, the specific time frame, and the specific mm-hmm. weather. So those 10 essentials, that's the bare minimum of what you <laughs> should have minimum. with you, right? So <laughs> the bare minimum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so make sure, you know, you know what you're getting into, basically. Um Another thing that's really helpful in bear country is to hike in groups and stay together. Yes. That's the that's the caveat. Well, if you've ever there. seen a scary movie or any sort of like disaster movie, people split up. It doesn't go well. Just stay together. Just do it. And it doesn't in real life either. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know those wrestlers outside Cody last summer. Um, they split up. And what, you know, a bear attacked some of, yeah, that's a whole other story that Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into. But um, in North America, there has never been a fatal bear attack when there has been a group of three or more people who have stayed together. Wow. Three or more. That's not even that many. Yeah. I know. And that's, um, that's not counting like if you're camping in a tent, I'm talking about like you're out hiking. Gotcha. You know, on that note, keep pets and kids under control and within sight like we've went off on a million times already i don't really want to revisit that but you know don't bring your pets if it's mm-hmm. if it's if they're not allowed right yes. don't be that asshole again what makes you so fucking special mm-hmm. uh but if you do bring them or your kids make sure they're close to you in sight and under control mm-hmm Um, You want to try to avoid hiking at dawn or dusk because that's when bears are most active. Unfortunately, those are usually Mm. like the best times of day to hike weather-wise. Yeah, like if it's in the summer or something. Yeah, so plan accordingly. Uh, They are a lot more active at dawn and dusk. So just be careful about that. Um, And be alert on the trail. So I just heard a story like two days ago about a girl who was following moose tracks on a trail. And she was like looking down, looking at these moose tracks. And she looked up. She said she was about 20 feet from a grizzly. Oh, I was expecting 20 feet. Jesus. 
Yeah. And think like it kind of sized her up and then it ran off, thankfully. But, you know, make sure it was like, you're way too smart. You're for staying me. aware. Yeah. I, I also probably don't follow animal tracks. Right. Is that generally like no, no offense to this lady. I'm glad that she's OK. But well, is it generally just like not a great idea? I don't think so. I think it, it really depends. So this person that I'm talking about is a very knowledgeable um, guide and like naturalist. And Oh, okay. Um, I feel bad for No, no, no. It's okay. Uh, so following tracks on its own isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, it really depends on, you know, how old they are and what animal they're from. You know, you don't want to follow fresh ass grizzly tracks, you know, things like that. But um, if you just want to kind of follow some tracks and you know they're not fresh and you're being safe, you know, that's a little bit different. But so I wouldn't say in general that following tracks is bad, but it is nuanced, just like a lot of these scenarios mm-hmm. are. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So what you want to look for on the trail, first thing is smells. So decomposition um, scat. Normally animal poop doesn't really smell that much, but one thing, especially if you're in grizzly country is like a wet dog smell. If you smell that, you are probably already damn near on top of a grizzly or some kind of other large animal. They smell like yeah. wet dog? Uh, they smell like, a, well, they can, they oh, can smell shit. like a lot of things, but if you do smell, you know, something that is similar like to a like fur. a wet dog you're close to some large animal. Wow. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. spooky. So scats and tracks. So what you're going to want to look for is what animal pooped that out or what animal made those tracks and how long ago they pooped or made those tracks. And that just takes research and practice. Uh, There's some really awesome Reddit groups about tracking and you can learn a ton on there. Someone will post like, a track or poop and say, Hey, you know, can someone help me identify this? It's this area. It's this time of day. They'll have some kind of size reference. And then when people answer what it is, they'll, they'll usually give the reasons why they're giving that answer. So you can learn Mm -hmm. those. Another really good, um, a really good resource is Pocket Naturalist Guides. That's a comp- that's a brand. They're I think I've seen those. Yeah, so they're they look like a brochure. There's like a trifold mm-hmm. brochure, but they're laminated and they have a little ruler on the edge and they have them for all sorts of things. So I have a scats and tracks one. And so it lists the different tracks and scat of animals in the Rocky Mountains mm-hmm. and it has that ruler on the edge so you can have like the size more accurately yeah 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 have the size and and they make a ton and and i just always have that in my pack that sounds like a good idea because you might not have you know service to like look something up online it's something i try to remember because we're so used to having our phones now all the time absolutely yeah yeah and you know if you want to be a nerd like me you could have five different books just about identifying <laughs> we'll probably don't take traps. all of them and just have them at home just for light reading <laughs> or like a coffee table book yeah you know some people have like someone's biography co- or oh, yeah, like some poop. art book mm-hmm. scats and tracks great conversation starter over dinner yeah lunch tea yeah for sure yeah um 
Another thing that you're going to want to watch for is birds. Okay, so there is, I highly recommend, um, there's an event every year. I, it's only went on twice now, but they do it every year now. It's called the Yellowstone Summit, and it's put on by, um, it was started by uh, this sculptor out of Gardner named George and his wife, Jenny. And and it's basically like a four day summit that you can attend. If, if you can't attend virtually, you can watch the recordings later, but it's all sorts of stuff about Yellowstone, um, geology stuff, um, things about the actual animals, wildflowers, just like, like they've done such an amazing job putting Sounds that like summit together. Like your version of Coachella or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but George and Jenny, they actually have a little course that you can just like download. And um, it's about queuing off of other animals. So, so when you're out and you're exploring, there's a couple of things you want to look for that other animals are doing that might signal something's mm -hmm. going on. So the big ones are going to be like m groups of magpies or ravens or crows and where they're kind of congregating or flying back and forth from the same Could spots. Could be a sign of a carcass or um, something. Or turkey vultures, mm -hmm. bald eagles, um, or golden eagles, either one of those. They like to scavenge. Uh, yeah, so if you're seeing a lot of that bird activity over a certain area, you know, it's definitely clear. be careful Makes over sense. there. Mm -hmm. And then also just like foliage moving around, right? If you're, it's kind of like the raptors in the third Jurassic Park when they're going through the meadow and all you see is the lines oh, where they're running through the, that field. Like watch for, you know, willows or aspens or whatever kind of moving around shrubs, you know, and, and pay attention to that kind of shit. Now I'm picturing like a T-Rex, like going hiking and there's a fucking T-Rex. I'm going to have a nightmare tonight. Oh, sorry. Thanks, Pam. Is it a nightmare, though? I feel like dreaming about dinosaurs <laughs> is never a nightmare. Really? Okay. Any dream I've ever had with a dinosaur was absolutely a nightmare. Those used to be like the scariest mm -hmm. dreams I ever had as a kid. We just have very different relationships with dinosaurs, I yeah, think. Definitely. Um, all right. So one of the best things that you can do when you're out on the trail is make noise, human noise. There is no substitute for a human's voice. We are pretty so annoying. So bear bells don't really work. I know, right? <laughs> and they're not, bear bells aren't a consistent enough sound and they're not loud enough. So we want the bears to know that it's humans who yeah, are coming. not just a bear um, that eats so, some bear bells walking around. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people will shout, hey, bear. That's kind of the thing every now and then. Clap. I know that's not necessarily human noise, but it is a loud just noise. like a slow clap. Yeah, like a little Constantly golf clap. No, just some loud claps. Um, shouting hey bear every little bit, especially if you get into where you can't see too far ahead or it's really, you know, thick foliage you can or anything. You make up a song about bears. You could, which is what I did when I, I was awesome. hoofing it back to my car. I thought that's um, fun. Like you could sing like 
I was going to say Disney songs or something. I'm trying to think. You could just sing like music that you like, right? You literally could. Maybe but the here's the likes thing. It too. For the love of God, do not play music on the fucking trail. <laughs> Put your fucking Spotify away. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Agreed. Yeah. Like, put it the fuck away. And we went to <sighs> Zion's once, um, hiking up to Angel's Landing. Th- th- you know, there's that like switchback mm-hmm. where it's, you know, Walter's rock Wiggles. on both sides. Uh, what did you call it? Walter's Wiggles. Wal- Walter's Wiggles. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That's adorable. I didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah, super, just absolutely beautiful, really gorgeous. Um, we caught up to the group in front of us, which we couldn't really pass because it was a huge group of like uh, college students or high schoolers. I don't know. Um, and at least one of them had a little speaker on their backpack that they're playing very loud music with, which isn't like, it just takes away from the beauty and the serenity of it. I would rather hear someone sing a song. Well, and especially on that, dude, that would piss me off on that trail Mm because that trail is busy all the time. Yeah. And you don't need to hate that. Yeah people I just sorry people. if anybody listening does that but knock it off if you do <laughs> sorry if any people are listening uh but i hate you no no i'm yeah. just kidding i love my listeners well, okay so like we've else. talked before almost all grizzly attacks are defensive right so we do not want to surprise a bear that's the mm-hmm. last thing you want to do and so being you know you don't necessarily need to be super loud and obnoxious the entire time you're hiking but Talk loud with your hiking partners here and there. Again, shout hey bear every now and then. Make it really known that there are humans around. And yeah, it might suck to not see any wildlife on your hike, but it sucks a lot more to surprise a grizzly bear. Yeah. there's. I, I feel like, yeah, it's nice to see wildlife, but at a distance. And I would rather just not see any than see some very close to my face. Exactly. Yeah. I've never seen a bear while I was hiking ever. Now I'm not out doing long wilderness hikes. I have in the past in Alaska and around Yellowstone and in Utah, but I'm not, I'm not out doing these long backpacking trails where you're more likely to see them, but I've definitely Mm -hmm. hiked a lot on trails that bears also use. And I've never seen one on a hike. And I think a huge part of that is because I make a shitload of noise. When you said bears also use, I pictured like bears on all trails, like being like, this is my favorite trail. Oh my gosh. Two paws up. Yeah. Two paws up. (laughs) Um, All right. So next one is pack it in and pack it out. Leave no trace. So that means anything. We don't want any obvious sign that we were there. So that includes stuff like apple cores and orange peels. I was just picturing that, even like organic don't material. Fucking, that, yes, yeah. don't throw your fucking trash. I don't care. Obviously, any actual garbage, but don't just, again, anything. The only thing that you should be leaving behind is any human waste that you have to take care of on the trail. And even then it should be responsible, right? Like it depends on Um, where you are, but you can like dig a hole and poop in it and cover it up or whatever. If you have to pee on the side of the trip, you know, off the trail, whatever to do that. But I did wonder, I was picturing a packet. It depends depends on where you are. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, you could totally bag it up like a, like, like dog shit if you wanted to. Um, but some, <laughs> some places prefer or allow you to like dig a hole. Um, okay. but yeah, other than that, nothing, uh, absolutely nothing. 
shouldn't mm-hmm. leave anything. Um, if you're having a campfire, do not burn any trash or food in the campfire. Uh, even in established campgrounds that are in these national parks that are in bear country. Uh, Store your food and your toiletries appropriately. So if you're backpacking or camping, that means bear resistant containers. So a car, a locked car, I say locked because bears in Tahoe and the Smokies know how to open car doors. So you can store your food in a locked vehicle, um, a bear box. A lot of campgrounds have those, uh, which is just a storage box um, that bears can't get into. Um, A bear resistant container that you can bring with you. Or you can hang a food bag if you're backpacking. Work because like bears can climb, right? So can they get to it anyway? No, if if you do it right, and I don't know the exact rules, so I'm not going to pretend. But we'll we'll I'm going to look it up and cover it. Really awesome. Yeah, well, I'm going to put a really (laughs) awesome link. There's a site. um, There's an organization called Bearwise, and they have Mm -hmm. a really cool kind. They have some guides and stuff that are really. easy to read and and compelling and shit like that so um but no so what the way you do it is you basically have to pick two trees that are a certain distance away and then hang and then have a rope going between them so yes the bear could climb, climb the tree but the idea is you're hanging your bag a certain distance from each tree uh horizontally and from the ground vertically so the bears won't be able to like get on the rope and sense. go over to it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, you don't just want to hang it on a branch on the side of the tree. Mm-hmm. To your point. Because yeah, they can absolutely climb. So, and you know, you never want to store food or toiletries in your tent. And if you're back, if you're backpacking, you want to cook, eat, and then change your clothes and do all that away from camp. So some, some places recommend only like a hundred feet if it were me, especially in grizzly country, I'm going 100 yards. It's where I'm cooking. That's where I'm eating. That's where my food and the clothes I cooked and ate in, all my toiletries, far, far away. Good to know. Uh, the, and the interagency grizzly bear committee, um, which I think we've talked about before, they are kind of a conglomerate of uh, local, state, federal, and um, nonprofits. Uh, it's made of, you know, naturalists, wildlife biologists, people like that. They basically study bears in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem and they certify bear resistant storage products. So they, and we'll link to their list. Um, And that list includes products that are um, just for like backpacking and, you know, camping where you can put it in your pack. It's not super big. It also includes stuff for horse packing, um, coolers that can be bear proof, home and business trash, recycling bins, dumpsters, everything like that. So, wow. Yeah, we'll put that link in there. And they actually, to certify them, they test them at the Grizzly and Wolf Discovery Center in West Yellowstone. <laughs> I think you sent me a video of one of those, of like yeah, a cooler. And if test. if you visit awesome. that place, as you're walking toward the gift shop, they have a bunch that did not pass that you can walk <laughs> by and see. And the bears have like just completely destroyed them. Wow. It's really cool. But oh, I want to so, see that. 
Yeah, it's cool. Uh, when you come up, we'll go. Um, but so these products should absolutely be used if you're like backpacking overnight. And even in places that don't have bears, these can be super beneficial because of rodents. Because rodents mm. will get all up in your shit if there's food in it. Oh, yeah. So some of the more, more popular ones, um, Bear Vault is probably the most popular one. It is just a cylindrical container. Same thing with Grub Can. A uh, grub can is one of the most expensive, but it's made with like Kevlar, like bulletproof stuff. Holy shit. And then there's also one called Ursac, uh, which is a bag. It's a bear resistant sack that you can put things in and rodent resistant as well. And these, these products are anywhere from like 75 bucks to a couple hundred. And they have all different sizes for like the length of your trip and things like that. If you're backpacking, this is where you should be putting your food and your toiletries. So anything that has a scent. Makes sense. Yeah. And then the last the last big thing is to carry bear spray and know how to use it. And have it like easily accessible like right away. Yes, exactly. It does no good if it's way in your pack. And I actually usually bring two. So I'll have one um, in my scat belt or like the holster on my chest. And I'll have a spare one in my pack. That makes sense. Um, just, just in case. Yeah. It's worth the seven ounces for me. For sure. I mean, like if you got lost and had to use one and then had to use another, or if it was one of those situations like that one guy that used a can and, you know, could have used more. Like, yeah. I feel like it's always good to have two. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So again, these tips are just to help prevent any kind of conflict. So we're going to have another microbrew-in we will go over what to do if you actually see a bear on the trail, um, you know, comes into your camp, stuff like that. Now, those things are very, very... Does it go pinch their ears? Yes, 100%. No, <laughs> no, that's what I'll be doing, but no. Yeah, but the thing about that is they're very nuanced and it it's so dependent on the situation and the species mm -hmm. and a lot that's going on. So that, you know, we don't really have time to get into all that today because I want to make sure I give enough, you know, useful information and don't just skirt by it. So the stuff yeah, today is often like oversimplified, which I think is dangerous. It uh, is, especially now. I mean, we talked, we talked, I think it was last time about how much more uh, like how, Yes, wild animals are unpredictable as a general rule, but in the last probably 20 years, there's so much more we have learned about bear behavior and there's so many more things that we can point to and say, this is going to aggravate them. This is not going to aggravate. Like there's so many more things as we study these encounters and these situations that we can say, okay, this was likely a contributing factor, right? And so... A lot of them are like an if-then situation. That makes sense. So, again, these are your general guidelines so that you don't run into trouble. And then we will talk in a different episode about what to do if you do run into trouble. But most of these have to do with not letting a bear have access to food resources, mm -hmm. right? And be making sure they know you're around. And those two things are some of the biggest and best things that you can do to prevent a, any kind of conflict because 
they don't want to mess with us right and even with the black bears those predatory ones that's really really rare and unlikely you know so they don't want to mess with us we don't want them to mess with us don't be a dumbass don't be irresponsible don't ruin it for others or yourself good advice and we will link um, i've got a couple really good links we'll put on this episode so i'm going to put some stuff from bearwise from RecSafe, and from hay bear and then we will make sure also to put the hey bear. Yeah. so cute it's okay bear hey bear <laughs> Hey bear. Uh, yeah, we will be. Able, we will make sure also to put um, that list for the grizzly bear interagency grizzly bear committee um, for those. Mm-hmm. And and those aren't certified as a bear could never get into this if they try hard enough. It's just bear resistant, meaning they have given these bears a certain amount of time, and you know they'll put like nasty fish and just grow peanut butter, all sorts of smelly stuff in them, and. Um, they basically it has to go through a certain amount of testing with the bears at the center in West Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. And if it, if they don't get the food reward, it passes, but they have pretty, pretty strict guidelines on what passes and what doesn't. And on that list that we're going to link, it also has a couple pages on things that did not pass. So you can if you have something you know oh i wonder if this is bear resistant you can also look on there and see maybe it didn't pass good to know yeah yeah definitely good to check so yeah we just want everybody to be safe the safer we are the safer they are all right that's all i got for this microbrewing <laughs> i like it uh send us your questions comments uh we are on facebook instagram and threads at bears and brews podcast and x what are we on x bears brews pod bears brews pod on x and bears and brews podcast at gmail.com and share with your friends yeah rate review subscribe oh yeah do do do, do that stuff too <laughs> yeah that's really what helps us the most uh those ratings and those reviews on whatever platform you're listening on mm-hmm. um again we're not trying to uh get famous or make money off this we just want people and animals to be safe and live harmonious so mm-hmm. yeah all right thanks everybody